Listen, I, I'm on these group texts uh, from uh, some of the leaders from Soul Cry Church, and so I have, uh, uh, I have this wonderful privilege of, of working with these incredible, anointed, gifted, high-capacity leaders that are just so hungry for the things of God. And, and I'm on a group text with our outreach team, and there's, there's seven of them that are just on fire for the Lord. They're called uh, to be evangelists. They have a passion um, for outreach, and they have this incredible sense of urgency. And so as I'm kind of just going over my notes, and I'm going to stay close to my notes because there's some things I really want you to, to get and to understand about this message, new fight, new strategy. But in the group text I got this afternoon was, hey, we're getting ready to work on new strategy for 2024 as we step into this new year. We need to pray. That was the group text. It's not even coming from me. It's just coming from these, these others, radical soul winners that are like, when's our next meeting? And they're like, they're just, they're just moving ahead. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm hanging out with dad and mom. So I'm not really like totally all in. I'm just throwing a thumbs up in the group text like, keep going. But the Lord just really just, I think, dropped that on me this afternoon just to remind me that, hey, you're on the right track with these incredible students at Elam. And, and I was just watching this group text as they were talking about the reality that each and every day we have to prepare for a new fight in the spirit. Remember, we're not fighting flesh and blood, Ephesians chapter 6, but against principalities and powers and every, like, demonic stronghold that's out there. Let me tell you, there is a spirit realm that we have to face each day, and it brings on a new fight. It brings on a new strategy, but same God, same armor, same word. All right, here we go. Y'all with me? Say amen. I'm telling you, y'all get quiet on me. I'm start coming down the aisles tonight. Turn with me to 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles chapter 14. First Chronicles chapter 14, beginning in verse 8. Now, before we open up the text here, I just want to begin by just saying that as I'm learning and understanding how the Word works when you yield to the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you that you will not be battle-ready each day unless you're in the Word every day. It's, thank you, all, all 10 of you, for that amen. But I, I just, there's a desperation in my heart for your generation to understand that if you're going to be battle ready, then you need to understand the word of the Lord, and it's going to require that you're in it every single day. Okay, first, let me preach. First Chronicles chapter 14, verse 8, you with me? Say Amen. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over all Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David, but David heard of it and went out against him. Now, let me just even stop there and just say, 2 Samuel actually gives us the same story. And I think we can safely say it's an important story given to us in the scriptures. In 2 Samuel 5, at the bottom of verse 17, it says in the ESV, David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Listen, do not be intimidated by strongholds that you are facing in your generation. The anointing of the Holy Spirit that is being poured out here at Elam is a threat to the enemy. Because you've been given the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome strongholds that attempt to disrupt your calling and your God-given purpose. 
So, face the threats in faith. Face the threats in prayer. And you're going to break the strongholds as long as you continue to seek God in prayer and in his word. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 through 5, the Apostle Paul said this. Write it down. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, because there's a lot of opinions out there, especially in your generation. But you take every thought captive to obey Christ. Listen, the world's going to present arguments and opinions that oppose God's strategy for you to move forward. And as we talked about earlier this morning, the world's going to oppose opinions and arguments that would cause you to think that maybe you being on this spiritual high is a little bit too much, and maybe you should take a casual approach to some things. But there's no time to chill. Not in this hour. There's no chill with the saints of God. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? Turn to somebody, tell them right now, there's no chill with me. Hey, if you're going to fight the good fight of faith with divine power to destroy strongholds, you have to take every thought captive. Every thought must be taken captive. Every thought of doubt, every thought of fear, every thought of unbelief, every thought of pride. Our thoughts are sometimes the biggest hindrance to obeying Christ and trusting his strategy that is revealed to us in prayer and in his word. Now, verse 9. Now, the Philistines had come and made a raid in the valley of Rephaim, also known as the valley of giants. In verse 10, you still with me? Say amen. And David, and David inquired of God. And David sought God. And David prayed to God, shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to him, go up and I will give them into your hand. Hey, Elam, don't take steps without God. Elam, before you make a move, always ask for God's direction. Inquire of the Lord before you step out to face whatever you're dealing with. Hey, Elam, when you're under attack, consult the Lord. When you're emotionally torn and being tested, consult the Lord. Before you retaliate and open up your mouth, ask the Lord how you should react. When you're facing a crisis, consult the Lord. Hey, Elam, when the circumstances are not looking good, ask for God's help. Before you step into a new relationship, pray. Uh, I think I'm going to say it one more time. Elam, students, those of you who are believing God for that partner, before you step into any new relationship, pray. I don't care whether they sent you a letter talking about how they prayed and consulted the Lord. You need to pray yourself. Careful how you get so enamored by someone else's prayer life and you haven't cultivated one for yourself. 
Because if you step into a relationship dependent on someone else's prayer life, then all of a sudden when they're all emotionally disrupted and falling apart, how are you going to help out because you haven't cultivated your own prayer life because you've been dependent on the crutches of someone else's spiritual life who is not really your savior because it's God alone who is able to establish your steps. Okay. Before you venture into any new business, before you venture into any new career, before you step into any calling, consult the Lord. No matter what the situation you're facing, seek God. Isaiah 55 verse 6 says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. I believe that God is near. He's, he's right here. He's on this hill. He's here with you, and he wants you to speak to him. Remember what we talked about this morning. Keep knocking on heaven's door. And when the Lord speaks to you, you move when the Lord tells you to move. You react in accordance to his word. God tells David to go up, fight them, and I'm going to give you the victory. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like the more I open up the word of the Lord, I'm reminded that the victory is mine. I'm reminded that the power that's been given to you and I, the power of the Holy Spirit that's at work in us and through us, allows us to live a victorious life each and every day. So what does that say? That means that whenever you feel down, whenever you feel defeated, whenever you feel like you're on the losing end, what do you do? You go back to prayer. You go back to the Word of God. You read these incredible love letters that come from Jesus over and over and over again. You read the Word, Jesus Christ, the Word, that Word that became flesh and died for you so that you would always know you're on the winning side. David, in verse 11, he goes up to Baal-perazim, and David struck them down there. And David said, you with me? Say amen. This is what David said. God has broken through my enemies by my hand like a bursting flood. Therefore, the name of that place is called Baal-perazim. Baal means Lord. Perazim means breakthrough. David gives God all the glory and declares him to be Lord of the breakthrough. When you ask God for a kingdom intervention... The Lord of the breakthrough steps in to deal with earthly situations. He is Lord of the breakthrough. He is faithful. He is the God who is able to part the Red Sea. He did it 2,000 years ago, and he's going to still do it today. But I also believe that as you continue to trust God, he brings forth a new fight and new strategy because I firmly believe that there's symbolism and understanding what God wants to say to your generation because oftentimes we're still stuck waiting for the waters to part hoping that we can walk on dry ground but God wants to bring us into the New Testament and see us in his word by faith walk on water oh remember he said it in his word remember not the former things behold I'm doing a new thing hey God's going to do a new thing here at Elam I Listen, I don't, listen, I'm not saying this out of just kind of some churchy, cliche, Pentecostal jargon, but I firmly believe that this could be your best year yet by the grace of God. 
But now that's up to you. That's up to you to get into the word of God and to recognize, whoa, he has his best for me. His best. God doesn't know anything other than best. He doesn't know anything else other than extraordinary. He doesn't know anything else other than supernatural. He doesn't know anything else other than abundance and provision and miracles. And Lord of the breakthrough is the God who you serve. And when there is a breakthrough, when there is a victory, he gets all the glory. All glory. Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name, give glory. For the sake of your steadfast love, I could sing of your love forever. And your faithfulness. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Mm. I got to pray I don't get stuck here. Verse 2, Psalm 115. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Our God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. Elam, this is why we pray, our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is. As it is. Where? In heaven. There's no way that the nation should still be asking your generation, where is your God? We get this in Psalm 115 where the psalmist writes that the nations say, where is their God? You know what breaks my heart? The nations are still asking the same question. And there's a generation that's rising that doesn't know how to answer this question. I'm so glad that you've ascended the hill right here at Elam. So that God would give you a prophetic word. That in these last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. And you're going to have a word and an answer for the nations, for the nations, for the nations that say, where is their God? David, this mighty warrior, inquires of the Lord and he obeys the Lord and he, he recognizes the Lord of the breakthrough and he recognizes that the Lord of the breakthrough gets all the glory. The Lord, the Lord gets all the glory. I know who my God is. I know he's alive. I know his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. I represent the kingdom of God. Isaiah 42, 13, the Lord goes out like a mighty man, like a man of war. He stirs up his zeal. He cries out. He shouts aloud. He shows himself mighty against his foes. Oh, hallelujah. Now going back to this, this, this battle here in verse 12. And they left their gods there and David gave command and they were burned. And in verse 13, and the Philistines yet again made a raid in the valley. You must know that the enemy doesn't give up that easily. And the Philistines yet again made a raid in the valley. Do you see it in the text? You with me? Say amen. Hmm. Yet again, the enemy will attack. Yet again, the enemy will tempt you. Yet again, the enemy will try and stop you from moving forward. Yet again, pray. Yet again, God will lead you and he is faithful. New fight. 
new strategy. But to know the strategy, you must know the will of God. And to know the will of God, you have to know the word. And as you continue to lead in the word, the Holy Spirit's going to reveal to you the strategy to move forward. And so in verse 14, and when David again inquired of God, God said to him, you ready? You shall not go up after them. Go around and come against them opposite the balsam trees. Are y'all looking at this? And when David again and again prayed, and again he inquired, and again he consulted the Lord, and again, and this time, new fight, new strategy. Verse 14, new fight, new strategy. You shall not go up after them. Go around and come against them opposite the balsam trees. God gives David a new strategy for a new fight. You can't live off yesterday's victories. You can't live off yesterday's victories. You see, yesterday's victory is a testimony of God's faithfulness. But yesterday's strategy may not be for today's battle. New fight, new strategy, pray always. So that with every test and trial you will face, you've heard from the Lord how to properly react. And sometimes the new strategy doesn't look like it's going to work in the natural. But as long as you continue to hold fast to the word, God is going to give you a kingdom perspective. Because this didn't look like the way he had moved in the previous fights in verse 14. God said to him, you shall not go up after them, go around and come against them opposite the balsam trees. Whoa. Now, if you, if you try to picture this with me, that was pretty crazy. It's a lot easier to run up after somebody than to meet them on the other side, not necessarily seeing where they're going to come from. Stay with me. God said, you're not going to go up after them. For any of you that maybe have been out in the streets once upon a time, it sure was a lot easier to run up on somebody from behind and shove them in the back and be like, yeah, what's up? As opposed to standing them up face to face and you're not quite sure whether you got this or not. Because you could always shove somebody in the back and run. We could always sucker punch somebody real quick and run. Yeah, never mind. What I'm basically trying to say here <laughs> is David thought, wow, it would be so much better if we run up behind them. But God said to him, you're not running up on them from behind this time. Listen to me. David was like, do I go the way that I've been going? Because it would be much easier to see the enemy in front while they're moving forward and run up after them. That's what God said. You're not going to run up after them. That's going to be a little too easy for you to run up after them and, and sucker punch them from behind. I need you to go around on the opposite end where the balsam trees are and meet them face to face on the other end. But even in the landscape of what Scripture is describing doesn't necessarily make it even that easy to meet them face to face because they had to maneuver all the way around and wait for them to come over the hill and through the balsam trees and they had to wait so they never really could see exactly when they were going to come and attack. It didn't make sense in the natural because for us, we want to see what's coming. 
But scriptures say, no, actually, you're going to have to put your faith in the word, and you're going to have to trust that God's strategy always works. So I'm putting you in a position where it's going to have to cause you to really lean on my word in the effort to fight the good fight. Because again, oh God, if we just run after them, we're right there. We can see. I can actually do a count. I know how many guys. But if they come running through the balsam trees, I don't know who's coming at us from what side. The balsam trees stood anywhere from 60 to 70 feet. And in scripture, as I was studying the geographic, there would be these massive clusters that would run about a half acre in the valley of balsam trees, 60 to 70 feet in this massive cluster. So basically, as they're coming down the hill you don't know where they're coming from through the middle of the trees to the left or to the right I imagine in the flesh David saying can't we just run up on them please no 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 new fight new strategy because if I allow you to use the same strategy over and over again you're going to find yourself boasting in your own strength and you're going to get too comfortable so I need to shake things up. I, I, need, I need to put you through some tests and some trials. I need to see how, how devoted you are to my word, to trust me to move in such a way that you only move unless the Holy Spirit reveals it. Do you trust the word of God? To step into each day and know I cannot be dependent on how well things went yesterday. God, what would you have of me today? And the Lord says to David, no, no, there's, there's, there's a little bit more that you're going to have to do. You're going to come around to the balsam trees. You're going to meet them head on. And, and I believe this was an incredible moment here. Verse 15, look at it. There's more to the strategy. You see, God will never lead you into a position of defeat. His strategy always leads to victory. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then go out to battle. For God has gone out before you. To strike down the army of the Philistines. You see, God will always set up a strategy for you to be dependent on his word in such a way that he always gets the glory for the fight. And for every trial and challenge that you face, it will always be a supernatural strategy to win the, the battle. And God, God reveals a new strategy that is going to require David to listen Verse 15, when you hear the sound of marching, so wait, you mean with this new strategy, it's not what I see in the natural? No. No, Elam. You've got to listen to the sound. God reveals to David that you'll need to be ready to fight what you don't see initially. And this was going to take faith and trust in God because strategically, Regarding the landscape, it didn't make sense. But God's strategies never make sense in the natural. This is why you have to be dependent on the Holy Spirit to reveal these truths in the word of the Lord so that you'll never draw back when God is setting you up for an extraordinary victory. 
God will always position you in such a way where the natural will not be enough. He will always set you up in a supernatural way. Are you, listen, it's going to take faith in what you hear. And faith comes through hearing. And hearing through the word of God. And this is a beautiful, this is a beautiful shift in strategy. This is a beautiful revelation here. And the word just gets me so excited. But look, can you, can you go back to verse 15 with me real quick? This is amazing. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then go out to battle for God has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. Are you hearing the new fight and the new strategy here? Can you picture it? 60, 70 feet, balsam trees, a huge cluster in the valley. God says to David, here's the strategy. When you hear the sound of marching from where? From the top, Dr. A, of the balsam trees. You don't listen to the enemy coming after you from, from the top. You all have heard the figurative speech. Keep your ear to the ground. The American West would love to take credit for that figurative speech that says, keep your ear to the ground. Because in Western culture, the idea was, if you keep your ear to the ground, you could hear the hooves of horses and the armies and anyone that was coming against you. You could hear the buffalo coming through the land. But culturally speaking, all across the globe, it was actually something that was put into practice in order to hear when the enemy's coming. So the true strategy in the natural was, keep your ear to the ground. But God gives us a new strategy. He says, no, I want you to hear the marching, the sound of the marching that comes from the heavens. You see, the world says, keep your ear to the ground. God says, keep your ears tuned to heaven. It was a different sound of marching that God was asking David to listen to. Because in the natural, it's like, nah, maybe I should keep my ear to the ground. Don't you dare keep your ear to the ground, Elam. Your ear to the ground is a sound of fear. It's the sound of anxiety. It's the sound of panic attacks. It's the sound of depression and loneliness. But if you keep your ear to heaven, you keep your ear to the word of God. You continue to pray and consult the Lord, and you will hear the sound of the marching of God's chariots coming down from heaven, and he will fight for you. Do you understand the divine timing of what God was saying in the new strategy? It doesn't make sense to calculate the timing of the enemy's arrival by listening up. They were able to calculate the timing of their enemy by keeping their ear to the ground. But God is saying to David, put your faith in my word, and I'm going to give you divine timing as to when you go in. And I'm going to delay your timing just a little bit so that I go in first, wipe out the enemy, and then you just go in and give me the praise. Whoa! Oh, man, I love Scripture. I love the Word of God. And I love the sound of marching that we receive in the Word, the sound of marching that's revealed to us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Psalm 68, 17, the chariots of God are 20,000 in number, thousands upon thousands. The Lord is among them, the God of Sinai in his holy place.
And David did as God commanded him. And they struck down the Philistine army from Gibeon to Gezer. When you seek after God and you obey God, there's always an incredible reward. It's victory. And the fame of David went out into all lands. And who? The Lord. Lord of the breakthrough. The Lord is faithful to his word. Brought the fear of him upon all nations. David became well known, but it was for the glory of God. Elam. I believe and pray that this school will continue to expand and grow for the glory of God. But it's going to take a remnant now at this very critical hour who are going to tune their ears to the sound of the marching that comes from the top of the balsam trees. Listen to the chariots that come from the top of the balsam trees. Listen to God's word. Listen to what he's saying. Some of you, your ear has been down to the ground too long. And it's affected the way you process everything. This is a generation that feels like they just got, they need time to process. It's like a big line in my house, Dr. A. I just, I'm trying to keep up with Gen Z. I just, whoa, pause, time out. Dad, wow, bro, bro, um, I just need to process. Wow, Dad, that's a lot. I just need to process. Processing is fine, but it better not take the place of prayer. Your generation has given way too much attention to this need to process. And you've substituted prayer for this need to process. For my emotional health, I just need, I, I just, I need time down. I need to process. You're telling your professors, you're sending them emails, just, I just need some time to process, not into class today. <laughs> professors, will you email them back and say, did you pray before you started to process? Because I'm pretty sure. But, but that's, you know what that looks like without prayer? Ears to the ground. And the Lord would say to your generation, listen to the sound of the marching that comes from, comes from on high. Oh, God, help us. Hey, could this inc incredible worship leader that was leading us right now in the keys, could you come up, please, really quick? That was awesome. Thank you so much. New fight, new strategy. New fight, new strategy. There will be challenges and there will be moments where it looks like in the natural, there's no way that you can go on. I was going to save a little bit of this for Friday morning on my way out, but I just feel the Holy Spirit saying, no, say it now. Uh, let, let this incredible group of soul winners, let this incredible group of students who want more of Jesus Christ know how at a certain point in my life, I thought that once I had developed a, a, a strategy and a rhythm and a flow, that I was good. And the moment I settled to just kind of 
taking the strategy into my own hands and suddenly no longer was God getting the glory. Suddenly it was gone. It was gone. When I came to Elam, my first year, man, I had these strategies to like create like really cool things on this campus. I came in with like my creative guns blazing, like, like started a gospel choir and everything. Had like 30, 40 students up here, all dressed, coming in uniform, marching up. I was like, yeah, we that first Pentecostal gospel choir, Elam. We about to do this. This 1995, let's go. And then I, was, I got this opportunity, my outstation, I don't even know if you call them outstations anymore, but I just had this ministry opportunity through Elam to like be in the youth prisons. Y'all know the youth prisons in this local area, but, um, but you know, it was some of the ministry I did coming as a part of just what I was supposed to do at Elam. I was doing hip-hop in them youth prisons. I, we were creating small skits and monologues and, and doing all these things. And then I, I came in here and, you know, I was just, I'm, I'm creating all this stuff. I, I even tried to put together this really kind of like creative hip-hop Christmas party. That didn't go so well. And I was like, I feel like y'all even know about that. Like, that's like legendary in some ways. And oh, man, that was terrible. But God is gracious and merciful. And I kept trying to come up with these strategies for every little situation that I was facing, trying to maneuver and establish my name here at Elam. And a little bit of that was just kind of also growing up as a pastor's kid and always trying to find my place and trying to find my, just, just having just a sense of, 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 of ownership and, and trying to come out from under my, my pastor mom and my pastor dad and their shadow and, and knowing that they had gone to Elam. So I was like, Lisa, I was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm about to, they, they about to know who David Ham is up in here. And I, I was running around just being uber creative uber creative, but never consulting the Lord about anything I was doing. Just simply operating out of my own gifts, my own strengths, my own efforts, and an ability to create and to do, do, do. And yeah, as we said yesterday, I was that Martha, Martha, you are troubled about many things. And I'll never forget coming into my second year at Elam, and I went over to the old cafeteria where they would have everything set up. Lisa, remember, the outstation lists were already propped up for the new year. And I went over there. I was expecting to see that name, David Ham, right at the top for the gospel choir. David Ham, right at the top for all of the youth prisons and the youth ministries. David Ham for the urban prayer group, because this guy understands the urban context like no other person. And I went to those three boards, and my name was not there, not there, not there. And I went right down that little cork board, and there I was on this piece of paper for this ministry in Rochester to the senior citizens who are on the spectrum and senior citizens who need a lot of care and a lot of help. And that was my ministry responsibility for the year. And yes, I did march myself right up into the office to Brother Paul Johansson. Like, hey, um, there must have been like a typo or something. Like, it's like a typo. Like, my, my name's like, you know, it's those, those three spots, those, those ministries that I've been pretty much carrying on me, you know. And, you 
you know what he said three times? David, David, David. David, David, David. No typo. Nothing's wrong. Ah, it's just time for a new strategy. Time for change. Oh, man, did that humble me. Did that humble me. And even, even in the effort, even in the effort to be in that ministry and to work with senior citizens that were special needs, even in that ministry, I was still trying to prove my own worth. Not consulting with God. So you know what I did? Y'all gonna love this. I, I, I gotta do it. I decided I was going to do like a full production with them. So I was like, no, it's, it's not enough to serve them vanilla wafers and serve them their meds and share a few scripture verses in a little circle and sing kumbaya. No. You know what we're going to do? I'm going to rent a space. That's right. And that's what I went to downtown Rochester and I booked like the biggest Lutheran church I could find. I don't even know how I got into that place. But there was this massive Lutheran church downtown Rochester. And I said, I'm bringing all of them there and we're going to do a full production. It might feel more like a children's Sunday school production, but I'm going to show downtown Rochester. I'm going to show Elam that even with the elders who are special needs, David Ham is able to lead. And for like an entire semester, there I was teaching them Noah's Arky, Arky, Ark. Remember Noah's Arky, Arky, Ark song? And you put the, the, the elephant nose on. Okay, now I'm dating myself. And the, and the, and the ears. And the, they'd have all these pieces where you looked like you were an animal that was going on to Noah's Ark. And then, you, you know, then they had these little songs where everyone sang about going on to Noah's Ark. And I worked with these senior citizens for an entire semester. The songs, putting on their props, putting on their costumes. Man, I was getting somewhere. And I was talking with to the pastor at the Lutheran church and we were ready to go and we booked the Sunday and I got the vans to pick them up and to bring them to the church and I had everything set to go and there was a whole lot of people in this church ready to go. Families that represented these precious lives that I was supposed to take care of and consult the Lord and seek Him as to how I should continue to walk. And they came into this church and they were sitting in the first two rows and I remember taking out my bag and giving them all of their little pieces, and they were just kind of slowly putting them on. I was helping them putting them on. And then I got up there on the mic, and I was like, hey, God bless you all, everybody. I'm so glad you're here. What you're about to see is about to be extraordinary. What God can do in the lives of people who are just ready to yield to him, saying all the right things, but God wasn't behind it. I said, okay, everyone, here we go. And they all stood up, and I taught them how to come through the rows. And just like children, you might grin, you might chuckle, but just like children, they panicked, suddenly afraid. And every single one, about 12, 15 of them, all just started to head to the back, just walking out, scared, crying. And there I stood as families in this church full of people like, what is going on? And there I stood in front of people, in my mind, like, what is going on? And the Holy Spirit made it very clear. David Ham, you never consulted with me. And even in this creative effort, once again, you are doing it for your own glory. I never gave you that strategy to walk with people. Yeah. That was really humiliating. It was a lesson that I learned that I still live with today. What it looks like 
to consult the Lord and inquire of him before anything that I do. So much so that I take joy in watching group texts that come from our team back at home that are going, we're getting into prayer right now before we do this. We're getting, because that's, that's been my heart, my wife's heart from the very beginning. We inquire of the Lord before we step into any strategy because each day brings on a new fight. Each day brings on a new challenge. And so quickly will you and I make it about ourselves. So tonight, inquire of the Lord. For tomorrow brings on a new challenge. Would you stand up with me? Oh, Jesus. So what is it that that maybe you've been hoping for, dreaming about? Or what is it that you've been facing that has been very challenging? What is it that seems like has been a wall in front of you? Inquire of the Lord now. What is it that you've been processing and pondering? Inquire of the Lord. Consult the Lord. Consult the Lord. Let's take a few minutes, whether you're right in front of your seat or whether you're spread out. But can we just take a few minutes and let's consult the Lord right now? New fight, new strategy. Inquire of the Lord. God. Your will be done. God, what would you have of me? Lord, how should I approach this? Lord, for your glory. And if I've made this about me, God, forgive me right now. Lord, I pray now that you give me, give me an understanding of your word and the direction that, that you have for me to go. So whatever it is, you've been pondering it. Strategy can't be the same as yesterday. Inquire of the Lord. within us, Lord Jesus, Lord of the breakthrough, give us your heart for people, give us a heart for what you desire in us through the leading of the Holy Spirit, oh God, may it begin with us, Jesus, forgive us for making it so much about us. But we now die to ourselves, Lord God. We choose this hour to pick up the cross and to die daily and to carry that cross, Lord, for the glory of your name. Lord, I ask right now that there would be an extraordinary work of the Holy Spirit that aligns us to your will. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray right now for students who maybe right now, they, they have been a, in a fight right now in their minds. There's, there's been a fight in their minds. I, I sense that in my heart. There's been a fight in your minds. And the Lord would say, go back to my word. Go back to my word. Pray the word of God. Pray the word of God. Open up my word and pray through that word as my Holy Spirit renews your mind, as my Holy Spirit mends your heart, as my Holy Spirit fills you up like living water into your soul 
flow until it is an overflow, hallelujah, overflow in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.